Good morning, Tri-Valley Church, and grace and peace to you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, who, according to his great mercy, has caused us to be born again into a living hope through his resurrection from the dead. God's blessings upon you this morning. My name is Justin Garza. Uh, I have the privilege this morning of being able to share a message with you. Uh, we're continuing in a series through 1 Peter, and today specifically we're going to be looking at 1 Peter chapter 2. I'd like to invite you to open up your Bibles and to find your way to 1 Peter 2 so that you can follow along as we go through the passage this morning. While you guys make your way in your Bibles, I'd like to go ahead and take this time to dismiss our kids to kids worship. Our kids, you can make your way on over to the building. And while they do that, I just want to say a huge thank you to Brittany and to Lorelai and Hannah for your service in these roles on these Sundays. Also, Amanda and Sandra, just thank you so much for creating a, a fun and an engaging and a spiritually formative space for our young people. Uh, you, your guys, the, the ministry that you're doing has a tremendous uh, lasting impact, and so we're, we're grateful to you. And we just want to extend that invite. If, if you have a passion for ministering and serving young people, then by all means, we have a lot of opportunities to do so. So come talk to one of our church leaders, and we're happy to get you plugged in. Well, I think our kids have probably made their way on over. Um, and church, as you can see this morning, uh, I have chosen this video format to deliver the message today. Um, I, I got to confess to you that um, I have been experiencing a lot of inner turmoil and vexation over preaching lately. So I thank you for, for bearing with me through this. Um, last week I was talking to a good minister friend of mine about this and, and he said, all you can do is share what you know to be true and good about the Lord. And so church, here I am. I would say that today's message is less of what I would call a sermon and more of what I would call a prayer or a writing. Um, but this is what came out in my time in this passage. The title of the message today is A Letter to the Church. Let's begin with a word from the Lord. 1 Peter chapter 2. So put away all malice, and all deceit, and hypocrisy, and envy, and all slander. Like newborn infants, long for the pure spiritual milk, that by it you may grow up into salvation, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. As you come to him, a living stone, rejected by men, but in the sight of God, chosen and precious, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For it stands in Scripture, Behold, I am laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone, chosen and precious, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. So, the honor is for you who believe. But for those who do not believe, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. They stumble because they disobey the word as they were destined to do. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, 
a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Beloved, I urge you, as sojourners and exiles, to abstain from the passions of the flesh, which wage war against your soul. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable, so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. Lord, give us ears to hear. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Have you not heard the story? Have you not seen how the Lord has taken this pile of the dirtiest dirt and turned it into a living man? Have you not heard the news that the kingdom of heaven is at hand? That it is for those who find themselves at the end of their rope and in a state of spiritual bankruptcy, looking to God as the only one who could ever pay the debt? Have you not heard that the humble will inherit the earth? Have you not heard the promise of the full life that has been offered to you? Will you come and magnify the Lord with me? Will you join me in exalting his name together? Lord Jesus, Son of God, name above all names, you are our living hope. And so we sing hallelujah, praise the one who set us free. Hallelujah, death has lost its grip on me because you have broken every chain. And there is salvation in your name, Jesus Christ, our living hope. Have you tasted that the Lord is good? Will you? Come and taste and see for yourself. This isn't some watered-down, low-fat, 2% stuff that we're talking about. This is the real deal. Pure spiritual milk. The stuff babies drink to help them grow and to be healthy. To strengthen their hearts, minds, and souls for the life that is ahead of them. And if eternity is our lifespan, then even Abraham on his deathbed was but an infant in the grand scheme of the cosmos. All flesh, all flesh is like grass, and all its glory like the flower of the grass. The grass withers and the flower falls, but the word of the Lord remains forever. Therefore, church, if we are to grow up into our salvation, we must continue to latch on and drink deeply of the good stuff, the pure stuff. Got milk? You're blessed when you work up a good appetite for God. He's food and drink in the best meal you'll ever eat. How's your spiritual appetite? 
If indeed we have tasted that the Lord is good, then brothers and sisters, we have to remember how good the appetizer was. We have to remember those flavors in our palate and the way and the day that they exposed and revealed to us how bland is the taste of every other food we have ever tried. I remember the first time I had an In-N-Out burger as a kid. McDonald's never tasted the same again. In fact, why would I ever even go back to McDonald's? Do I not realize that the cost is nearly the same and the payoff is worth so much more? What about candy? I always loved that sweet stuff. From Sour Patch goodness to peanut butter cups and a good and plenty other varieties of temptation. It's all junk food. It rots our teeth and it gives no added strength to our bodies or vigor to our minds. Even more silly is to go through the process of straightening and whitening our teeth, only to come back to the junk food to destroy all the good work that the dentist did. And in our different stages of dental treatment, some of us still need to wear headgear, while others just need a mouth guard at night to make sure we don't accidentally grind our teeth in our sleep. Well, I say wear your braces proudly and boldly, knowing that they are accomplishing the work that they were destined to do. For the word that comes out of God's mouth does not return empty. Lord God, Forgive us for the taste that we have acquired for junk food. Forgive us for the damage we have done to our teeth and our bodies and our minds through our continuous return to that which you called unholy. Lord Jesus, would you remind us that malice or, or ill will toward our brothers and sisters is junk food? Lord, have mercy. Lord Jesus, would you remind us that deceit is junk food, as is the temptation to be deceitful even when it means putting on our Sunday best for the congregation to see. Lord, have mercy. Lord Jesus, would you remind us that pretending to be something or someone we are not is simply a mask of the hypocrite, a junk food, that we all indulge in. Lord, have mercy. Lord Jesus, would you remind us to stay away from that green monster we call envy and its tendency to get stuck in our teeth like saltwater taffy, junk food. Lord, have mercy. Lastly, Lord Jesus, would you remind us to stay away from those jawbreakers we call slander. To speak evil about one of your children? That's the fastest way to chip our teeth and damage what you call beloved. Let us take captive of every thought and word, and remember that everything we do and say to our brothers and sisters, or even to the very least of these, we do it and say it to you. Lord, have mercy.
Blessed is the one who builds their house on the rock. Though the rain falls and the floods may rise and the big bad wolf may try to blow the house down, that house will stand because it was built on the cornerstone. This is not some measly little brick we're talking about, but the very foundation for which all the other stones will be referred as they are set in their proper place. This cornerstone determines the position of the entire structure. On Christ, the solid rock, I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. But, for some reason, the religious elite seem to have a historic trend of throwing out the cornerstone. In some cases, outright rejecting it. And in other cases, choosing instead to pick some other heavy rock to try to crush people with, claiming that it's the real and right cornerstone. Bringing burdensome yokes of requirmiento and manifesting man-made destinies all the way to the east of Eden. But weren't we supposed to be building up a spiritual house? One that was supposed to be holy, where the priesthood of believers would offer up spiritual and acceptable sacrifices to God through Jesus Christ. Without the true cornerstone, that building never stood a chance. They must have forgotten that once they too were not a people, and that once they too had not received mercy. The other day I heard that California had a, has a, a lumber shortage or a construction shortage. and Specifically, I heard that there was a stone shortage throughout the state. I don't know if that's true or not, but sometimes it certainly feels like there is a living stone shortage throughout the state. And I'm not talking about the pet rocks. We have plenty of those. But the stones that have had the, the breath of life breathed into them, making them to come alive as the true living stones. Lord God, sometimes I feel like a pet rock wearing the mask of the hypocrite, acting as a living stone. But you promise, Lord, that whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. Lord, hear my prayer. See, the church, it's, it's a messy construction site. And it seems we spend a lot of time fighting over the blueprints. We search for the pattern, and we argue over which builders have the proper uniform. But God is building up people, not just a building. He's building up disciples, not just property. See, the real builder is God, and he wants us to be connected to Jesus, the cornerstone, as well as to each other, the other living stones in this temple. And, and this is important, church. 
He wants us to keep our conduct among the Gentiles honorable, so that when they speak against us as evildoers, they will see our good deeds and they will glorify God on the day of visitation. Do you remember when Peter grabbed the sword in Gethsemane and chopped off an ear? Well, Jesus modeled this lesson for Peter that day. When Jesus told him, Peter, put away the sword. And then he healed Malchus's ear. Lord, forgive us of our tendency to reach for the sword. Lord, would you beat them into plowshares and make us instruments of your peace? Church, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. And the honor is for those who believe. And church, I want you to hear me, and teens, I want you to hear me. When Jesus asked his disciples who they said that he was, it was Peter who boldly said, You are Lord and Messiah. And in that declaration of Peter's belief, he was given a great honor by Jesus. Jesus said to him, Simon Bar-Jonah, you are Peter. He said, you are a living stone. You are chosen and precious to me, my, my prized possession. You will be a priest in my royal priesthood. You will proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness, and you will share that marvelous light. And Peter, on this rock I will build my church. Peter was given a new identity. Not a a perfect identity, but one that would become more and more solid as he was filled with the Spirit and as he continued to feed on the pure spiritual milk growing up into salvation. So who do you say that Jesus is? Church, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is the way and the truth and the life, and the honor is for those who believe. See, he wants to claim us and rename us. He wants to build us into the holy nation as we grow up into our salvation. He wants us to be his people, and out of that, he will build his steeple. And this word is the good news that was preached to you. So church... Have you come to an end of yourself? Do you thirst for a drink from the well? Jesus is calling. Jesus said, Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Anyone with ears to hear, let them hear.